0: Welcome to the Drop-In Sessions on Wavelength Community Radio, presented by Mermaid Gin, with your host, Sophie Everard. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of the Drop-In Sessions, brought to you by the awesome folk at Mermaid Gin, the Isle of Wight-based purveyors of the finest handcrafted spirits, rooted in nature and botanicals. Well, guys, I hope you're set. Maybe you got a cup of tea or a GT because this episode is one I've been looking forward to for a long time. I've pretty much been chasing down this awesome lady across the outback of Australia to nail down this podcast, and I'm so happy to share it with all of you. Western Australia, born and bred Jodie Hooper, is quite simply straight up synonymous with being not just a trailblazing icon in women's surfing whether that's her powerful big wave surfing, which totally redefined the limits of what women were doing at the time. And yes, she's won 13 international surfing events with titles in the US, Japan, Hawaii, was made a life member of the ASP in 1994, and in 2001 was inducted into the Western Australian Hall of Champions. But her career and life in surfing has been multifaceted. Truly one of her generation's bests. And during the 80s and 90s, the powerhouse natural footer, along with fellow athletes from the era, including Frida Zamba, Wendy Botha, Pauline Menzer and Pam Burridge, fought against sexism, homophobia and bigoted chauvinistic prejudices as female professional surfers. Whether that was through tossing the female athletes into terrible surf conditions during the then ASP World Tour, paying them diddly squat, being witch hunted for their sexuality or worse. It's been captured in the already iconic movie, the 80s and 90s-tastic, hilariously poignant, shocking and rad Girls Can't Surf, which is touring around cinemas in Europe right now. Jody's Surfing, however, has always done the main talking, and she will always be a true standout athlete, especially in Hawaii, where she was a dominating presence with her incredible power, skill and flair, and where she pretty much booted down the door as one of the first women to regularly surf backdoor Taking a breakthrough win at Halaiva in 1985, successive wins at Sunset, and a non-stop period of domination in 1992 and 1993. Fun fact alert, she was also Laurie Petty, aka Tyler's stunt double, in Catherine Bigelow's seminal movie Point Break, which I definitely want to ask her about as I am a turbo Point Break nerd. <laughs> She's made it through the misogyny of the 80s, an actual shark attack, abhorrent bullying, and more with a refreshing amount of honesty and humor. I feel like her frank and candid approach to not just her surfing career, including the challenges she faced, the epic moments and highs of just loving surfing have made her one of pro surfing's most cherished and loved icons. And for over 30 years, her passion for surfing and her readiness to stand up for what's right for herself, for women surfing and for equality makes for such a powerful legacy that today's professional female surfers feel and will continue to experience. So I'm so happy to welcome Jodie Cooper to the drop-in sessions. Jodie, welcome. How's it going?
1: My goodness, me! That sounds amazing. (laughs) Is that me?
0: (laughs) It's you. (laughs) Pat on the back. That's great. You you make me sound amazing. (laughs) I think. I think. think I think you are lady and um yeah we've been trying to link for a few weeks and you said you're on an outback holiday for a couple yeah. of months how how was it what were you getting oh, up God. to I think I had the best holiday I've ever had in my whole life it was so
1: bloody fun I um, it was just something I've always wanted to do uh northwest western Australia it's really remote it's got some incredible waves it's it's barren it's beautiful it's rugged and my sister was in the same sort of like, she doesn't surf, but she's just one of those little tinkerers and likes to just adventure. And we made a plan and a pack and we just got it together and got a, um, a four wheel drive like uh, camper van and, and a new four wheel drive. And we packed it up with, you know, boards and goggles and flippers and alcohol and good food and everything. And we just went on this crazy adventure and we just had the best time. It was just, and we've just, just arrived back. So, it was really hard to pin me down because as we all know one minute you have range and then you don't have
0: phone range and then you did and then you didn't so anyway it's good we finally made it and yeah here I am amazing god that sounds epic and I feel like you're a lady after my own heart your adventure just <laughs> sounds so awesome um and I feel like just like looking into your career and like the interviews you've done and like watching girls can't surf what really stands out to me is just like you're plain old honest to God's love for surfing and like wanting to get out there. Yeah.
1: Oh, look, I'm still a grommet. I'm just, I just live for surfing. I just love it. It's like, you know, it's like you go through life and you have different stages of your life, and you know, you go in and out, you know, because you've got to work or you've got to do this or you've got other things, other priorities. But um, you know, now that I've sort of, sort of got things in a little bit, all my ducks in a row, so to speak. I can sort of cruise a little bit more, and I'm just frothing. I just, you know, people come in and they open, slide my um, junk room, and they go, they have a look at how many surfboards I've got, and they just can't believe it. They go, "Why do you have so many boards?" And I said, "Because there's a board for every occasion, you know." I just, I just love to keep it fun, and yeah, I, I froth now as much as I I ever have. I just love it.
0: Well oh, that's so epic to hear and like yeah that kind of like grommet mentality. I mean like let's take a look back. So you were raised born and raised in Albany, Australia, right? Which is a small yeah. whaling town. Yeah. It,
1: it, yes. It's a real southern town in Western Australia. It's it's um it's the southern tip of Western Australia. It's really rugged. Mm-hmm. It's quite cold, lot like, like Cornwall or something. Maybe not as cold as Cornwall, but it's pretty cold, but it's super rugged. Really powerful surf, a lot of big sharks. It's really just a full-on place and, um, yeah, I just learned to surf but I didn't really pick it up until I was about 16, 16 and a half. So I was a really late bloomer when it came to, to getting into surfing. I was a, I was a really keen skateboarder and um, I played a lot of sports. So I think I had pretty good hand-eye coordination so I picked it up pretty quick. And soon as, soon as, I mean, I used to represent a lot of sports. I used to be the captain of the state hockey team and basketball and blah, blah, blah. And, but as soon as I learned to surf, I just gave everything up and just went surfing. I just, I was addicted. Like, like, a, it was like one of my first true loves.
0: And, and, and like, a, it was like a drug, you know, all of those meshed into one. Amazing. Yeah. That's definitely what it feels like. Right. And, um, yeah. so yeah. like, yeah, you turned, you turned pro as a teen. Was about it 1983?
1: nineteen and a half. Yeah, yeah. About nineteen. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was about 19 and a half when I went overseas for the first time, and so it was a really quick, you know, mm. period of turnaround, and then finding out the information and how it was all going to happen. And I mean, even when you consider, I'm from the west coast, and this is back in the generation. There's no internet. There's, there's no. You know, like even the phone system was Neanderthal. You know what I mean? Like you could. Mm-hmm. where we live we didn't even know what was going on on the east coast of australia let alone what was happening in the world you know it was it was really hard to get any information so when i was sort of sort of at an age i traveled over to the east coast just to see what the rest of the world looked like or what other women mm-hmm. surfers surf like so that sort of gives you a sort of an example of how how quick it all happened kind of thing you know
0: yeah, so that's like, like you said, like a really fast trajectory. Like what was yeah. it like being like thrown into the mix of like the World Tour coming from, like you said, this like rugged small town in Western Australia?
1: Yeah, well, you know what? For me it was it an was exciting adventure because I'd kind of um, travelled around Australia for a year. So I went from the West Coast to the East and uh, I'd never really seen many girl surfers ever in my life really, probably only about mm-hmm two or three women surfers and so I wanted to go over to the east coast to see sort of what the other levels were like on the east coast because I had no idea. So I eventually went over and travelled on the east coast and met up with a few girls, Tony Sawyer and, of course, Pam Burridge who was at the time my idol. Um, I just, because, you know, I saw a picture of her in a surf magazine and was just like, oh, my God, one day one day I'm going to meet this woman. And, uh, um, you know, I was like the full, yeah, Nothing like you know drama. Anyway, we met and we got on really well. And um, she pretty much gave me all the information and said, "Well, why don't you, you know, s- sort of come come on the tour?" And I, so I asked all the information, and then, so it was kind of like a big adventure. You know, it was like me and her. We sort of said, "Okay, well, let's stick together. And we'll share hotels and accommodation, and, and 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 the you know the prices of the things that we had to spend money on." Um, so it was kind of like. It was kind of like a Crocodile Dundee movie, where where where, where the guy comes from the outback and then goes to New York for the first time and then pulls out the big knife and you know what I mean. It was literally like that, hilarious. <laughs>
0: I gotta say, like ten minutes into our chat, you were like even more than I was hoping and expected. Like this, just like you're painting such an amazing photo of like, yeah, that's so rad. And by the way, I also am a massive Crocodile Dundee fan, so that is awesome. And like, yeah, that is the best. You know, Um, just just using the analogy because it was kind of like you know you
1: go from this such a different environment and a different country and we we're, were so different especially back in the 80s and um i remember going to america for the very first time and that was the first event i went to i went to the east coast of america a place mm-hmm. called atlantic city which is south of new york and it was it's literally yeah. a yeah it's just a it's just a, a from two streets back from the beach it's a slum and then on the whole boardwalk it's full of um you know gambling and big casinos. so um you know and then after, after our first event, me and Pam went up to New York and I'd never seen New York. Imagine this kid that's just sort of, you know, yeah, just uh, you, know, uh, you get the picture. And they were running around staying yeah. at the hotel and it was just like, yeah, it was crazy. It was unreal.
0: Oh, my God, yeah, that's epic and, like, oh, gosh, I feel like you ladies probably have, like, 5,001 stories. Like, have you ever, like, written a book? Would you do that?
1: I've been told that many times that I should write a book because, but you wouldn't believe it. Honestly, my life (laughs) is full of so many crazy things that it's just, you know, I should have been killed a thousand times. I should have, honestly, it's just my life, it's pretty funny.
0: It's pretty fun. If you ever need a ghostwriter, you know who yeah. to call. So <laughs> and, um, so I, I feel like a new generation really know about you now and your story because of the movie Girls Can't Surf. And it's oh. going around European cinemas right now. And people are going absolutely bananas over it. Um, and it covers a lot of what yourself and Pam and the aforementioned ladies I um, mentioned in the introduction, like, yeah. What you guys experience when you're on the world tour. and um, Yeah, it's got a healthy amount of like <laughs> the 80s and 90s footage and like the neon radness is just amazing in it. The footage is so good. Um, yeah. And it pretty much tells the story of you ladies basically simply trying to be professional athletes, but also coming against some pretty freaking major roadblocks, which are trying to stop you in your tracks, including the misogyny you faced. And there's this line in it. If it turns the shit, send the girls out. Famous line from that movie, but that was a wild reality for you guys at the time, right?
1: Oh, absolutely. It wasn't even it wasn't even a joke. I mean, it was just just how it was. It was fat. It was yeah. blatantly, you know. That's just how it rolled. You know, um, once a blue moon, by sheer error, that they decided to throw the girls out because they thought the conditions were going to be appalling the next morning and behold mother nature threw a curveball and it was really good and we'd be like yes we finally won one we got one for the team but yeah yeah exactly like you put it it literally was just a no-brainer it was a it was just given that that's how it was going to go and in fact it was discussed it was even you know it was even spoken to us that the men are more more important because you know Mm. they make more money and they they attract more people to watch the event so therefore they will get all the uh, the good conditions and you will basically just get what you will get and that that was just exactly how it was laid out to us yeah as simple as oh, that and fun. as and as honest as that i suppose you know and oh, that's
0: pretty and, you know, wild, it was, so it was
1: it was just it was really you know to be honest it was really um being a competitive surfer it was really disheartening because here you are spending the same as, as this has been said before. Like we were spending the same amounts of money to travel the world to do these events, and mm. you know, and we as individuals felt just as important as you would imagine, and we were competing for a prestigious thing that we wanted to, to, to achieve, which was be the best surfer in the world or win a world title, and to be thrown out in in crap conditions, it was just it was just another one of those things that were that became a stressful situation when you wanted to be the best in the world,
0: you know. Mm, Yeah. And, like, there's so much crazy footage in that movie. And, like, I'm thinking, like, that moment where I think it was the first contest in Hawaii and you were told to wear one-piece high leg (laughs) bathing suits, which was basically your contest jersey. And it's funny but it's also, like, what, what the heck? There's, like, footage of you trying to sort out your bathing suit straps so your boobs don't fall out, like, in the competition, which is just wild.
1: I know. It's just, like, it was just ridiculous. It's like, and then, like, I think, honestly, we had to, like, after the – you had to bring the bathing suit back. I think this was said in the film, <laughs> I'm not sure, but after you've surfed in the pink bathing suit, you know, whether you're in pink, red or yellow, you had to bring it back and give it to the next person. No! <laughs> I probably then, like, ew, thank you. I know, I know, but, you know, this is before all COVID and everything like that. But, I'm, you know, it was just hilarious. And not even that, like, it was just the whole inhibition stuff. Like, here you are, here you are you're a professional athlete going out in these huge waves. And the, bathys, the bikinis, were, well, the one piece was actually quite brief, you know, like for, for a lot of us, you know what I mean, like that was really quite high cut and it was just like, mm. Here you are having, you know, like it's okay if you're used to that and that's your cup of tea. Then bring it on, it's freaking awesome! But if you're a little bit like, you know, I don't know, you want to cover up a little bit more, there was no, yeah, no, nah, that put that thing on and out you go, you know, it just, and it was just like, oh god, can I wear my towel
0: around me to the water's edge and then, like, you know, anyway, yeah, pretty funny when you look back, hey? Oh, it's nuts and like. So it's like mental double standards that, and crap you ladies just faced to like surf on the tour and like in it you said that they wanted a woman to surf like a man but to look like a woman yeah. and it was all those things that you just had to be to be accepted. Yes. Like, it
1: was really hard to tick all the boxes, you know, like that, that, that bar that they had put up for us to jump over, it was – that high and then whenever we would achieve a certain height to jump over the bar then they would raise it again you know what I mean then it'd be like oh yeah we you jumped Mm -hmm. over that bar that's wonderful but you're still not good enough so now the bar's here so can you jump over this one so it was a never-ending chasing goal you know Mm -hmm. to be Mm -hmm. to be accepted you know And, and I think that was the key thing it's like at the end of the day, everyone wants to be loved. Everyone wants to be accepted. You know, everyone wants to feel part of whatever the gang is that you belong to. You want to be family. You want to be part of the family. You know, it's a na- it's natural instinct, human instinct that you require or you, you you desire. And so, to have that rejection all the time that was that was another really hard thing also, and it really mm-hmm. played havoc on a lot of the girls' self esteem and including my, myself. You know, mm-hmm. so. There was also that also that you had to deal with besides, you know, wanting to achieve the goals that you wanted to achieve.
0: Hmm. I can't even imagine how tough that must have been because, like, one, you're like a young woman at this point. Like, were you expecting this amount of, like, bullshit when you joined the tour? Were you, like, just thinking, cool, I can focus on being on an athlete and then yet there's all this wild, crazy, crazy, mentalness like having to wear a high leg bathing suit thong swimsuit when you're competing and that's just the tip of the iceberg isn't it
1: yeah for sure look there's a lot more that went on um you know that was that was just a one tiny minute little aspect you know like I said to be honest I think the most damaging thing or the hardest thing for a lot of us was the fact that no not I shouldn't say no one because that's too harsh. There were certain men and people that believed in us, obviously, and and you know I, I I always give credit to those people, but the majority were just so did not see any perspective or didn't see any any oh what's the word I'm trying There's no they didn't see anything good in what we had to offer, so there was no not a lot of support, you know. And I think that mm. that's pr- pretty much what was the hardest part because we believed in ourselves, we believed, and a lot of people believed in women's surfing. You know, a lot of a lot of we had a lot of fans. We had a lot of people who used to complain to the newspapers and say, "How come you put the women's results in, but there were no men's?" I mean, sorry, you put the men's results in, but there were no women's results. And of course, we all know if there's no feedback, there's no results, there's no media mm. support, then sponsors don't want to get involved because they go, well, why are we going to put money into a group of, you know, girls where you don't even know what's going, you know, you don't even hear about it. There's no, there's no, you know, photos of you in the magazines. There was no support from, from, the, from the male, uh, you know, people that worked, 99.9% of the people in all the surf magazines or everyone that promoted the sport, the photographers, everything. So, yeah, it was pretty disheartening to think that, we were the ones screaming out saying, "Look, you know if you just help us, if you just kind of promote us, if you we know we're not you know as good as the guys, we're never going to say we are as good as the guys, but you know we've got something to offer the world, and people are interested in it. If you just help us promote it and promote us and also put the value back into us, you're going to get a value back if that makes sense and mm. so that mm. was probably the hardest thing that we sort of
0: had to deal with. That was yeah, hard, like, to do it personally too. Yeah, I can imagine. It's like <clears throat> you ladies were sort of showing you were like there is appetite, there's an industry, and there's business for women surfing, and like these forces were just like trying to hold you back, but actually, ultimately, they couldn't. And now, women surfing is where it is. But it's like you guys were like the sacrificial lambs, right? Who were just like Absolutely. banging, banging the drum, yeah. being
1: like, "It's Absolutely. here." Absolutely, we would definitely now I look back at it and I look where it is today. We mm. were the sacrifice that needed to happen. <laughs> mm. You know what I mean, and, that, and that's fine. And look, you know, don't get me wrong. We had an absolute fall. We, you know, we love what we did. We were proud of what we did. You know, we learned a lot from what we did, and many, many for, for many reasons. And you know, as as tough as as tough as it was, it was absolutely awesome too you know like we had a lot of uh male and female people wanting to help us you know they, they would I had guys in France that befriended us and you know they would let us stay at their house for two months rent free they would drive us to the surf you know what I mean like just families that would take you in or people that would just even in America they'd say oh yeah you know, come over and you can stay at my house and you know we'll pay for food or we'll do this and And then they'd follow you the years after that, and so there was a lot of lot of charity out there for us. Mm. You know what
0: I mean? So that's so awesome to hear. I feel like that's like one of the most magic things about surfing, right? It's like it's almost like such a small community globally. It's so funny whenever I go on like a surf trip somewhere new my husband always asks, cause I'll always know, I'll always know three people somewhere. Even if I'm in like no. the jungle, he's no. like, what the hell? And I'm like, no. it's just like <laughs> the surf industry. And like, I feel like people can be so giving and generous and like, that's really, really cool to hear that. Yeah. That you guys so awesome.
1: uh, and that's what I love about the sport too. And just back to, you know, you asked me what I was up to, I was up on this trip and you wouldn't yeah. believe it. Like me and my sister were this at this most remote, remote, remote gorge in you know, like you just had to trek in and you have to you know, it was just one of these things that you just took ages to get to and we went for this swim and came out and this guy was looking across and then he just yeah, long story short, he was like, Are you Jody? Like that I'm like, Are you freaking for real? Like <laughs> Like it was just the weirdest thing. You know, like it was so remote, you know what I mean, and there was like two people there and I thought, oh, my God, I, I'm trying to escape here, and you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, the world's small and the surfing world's small. So basically he rec- he, he was a surfer and he recognised me and blah, 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 blah. But the world is so tiny, isn't it, especially the surfing community. Yeah. It's, oh, that's
0: it's so breakup. awesome. And, and like, uh, you let la- you ladies in that movie, like you guys are all total badasses in it and I'm... Um, But it does show that there were good rivalries. It was, it didn't look like it was all like hair braiding and slumber parties on the tour between you guys. (laughs) I know, I know, I know. There was some serious, and that's what I, actually, that's what I really
1: liked about the film. It was good. Like it really captured that. There was some serious badass, like you said, like rivalry. Like it was, it was on for young and old. It was, (laughs) you know, it was full on. And what's so good about now, we, we can just, And that's what I think helped the film is the fact we could all take the piss out of ourselves. We could laugh about that. We could laugh about each other. Like I sort of had a little bit of a funny jibe with um, Frida and uh, Flea, you know, and stuff like that. And we all had a little go at each other. But it's all it's nice about it have a good laugh at it now, you know. Like, but we were so serious because, you know, you know, we wanted everyone wanted to win that world title. We were. You know, we were as serious as what Serena, you know, any world, like the US Open at the moment, you know what I mean? It's just like Serena Williams wanting to win another title to to, to
0: beat the record, you know. That, that's what it was like for us, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was super serious. Yeah, for sure. And, like, there were so many, God, that film just covered so much stuff and I feel like some a part that really stood out to me, which was really, really tough, um was like the part when your diary was taken and you were basically oh, yeah. outed yeah. Um, and then faced terrible repercussions and just like yeah. the surf industry's homophobia like full yeah. on. Yeah, that was hard. That was really hard because um I'm a middle child and I like to be
1: liked <laughs> mm. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I was like the forgotten child because I was the middle child. So I'm always like, look at me, look at me, listen, listen. <laughs> you know? It was one of that sense of approval kind of thing that you never get when you're the middle kid and um so same with, that was like that for me too you know like and when I was out like that and then as as it progressed in the next few years and how how people treated me yeah it was really hard it was really it was quite scarring in a way because you know like every we're all sensitive you know what I mean we're all we're all humans we all feel and you know some people just think as as you know that they can just Yeah, and obviously they thought they had a really good reason to be an asshole because she's gay, so therefore she is something's wrong with her. You you know, there's there's something disgusting about her, and that was that was really hard, especially when it came from people that you thought weren't like that. You know what I mean? And it was sort of like Mm. it was like stealth. It was like under the carpet stuff. You know, it was like really quiet. A lot of the times they wouldn't come to your face and. and and say it, but it was, like, really bitchy behind your back or not even bitchy because it was guys did it too, you know, and it was really, um, it was actually really mean. But, you know, it was a generation Mm -hmm. where, you know, people weren't open to sexuality, I suppose, you know, and um, there was a lot of groundbreaking there too, you know, for myself. And um, and as I said in the film, I just chose to take that pathway and I, I suppose, you know, I've... Once again, being a middle child being brought up with two older brothers, I had quite thick skin in a way. Even though I'm very, I'm quite, a, I'm actually quite very sensitive, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I really feel things, and I'm probably over sensitive person. But there was another side to me that's quite, <clears throat> you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this just like I wanted to be. I wanted to do it for the women's surfing. You know, I wanted to also do this for for humankind. I know it sounds wanky or I hope that doesn't come across as arrogant because I just wanted to make a change you know I just didn't want to be one of those ones that hid in the closet that kind of wanted all the benefits but wasn't brave enough to 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 make a path to to gain those benefits and I suppose I just felt that I've got nothing to prove and I'm I just gonna that's what I'm going to do it's going to be part of my plan and I'm and I'm really glad I took that plan, you know. I'm really glad that, you know, because at the start it was really, really hard and it was really painful, and I had a lot of problems, you know, for lots of areas, even with family and, you know, stuff. Not all my family, but you know, certain people, and and it was it was very difficult. But, you know, at the end I was the last one laughing because as I went on and got more used to it and more 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 happy with myself and more content, and I educated myself about humans and human emotions and facts and figures and stuff, I kind of end up got through the badness while other people were going through the badness. So a lot of people who sort of were nasty to me ended up being gay, which is kind of ironic, you know what I mean? It's, you know what I mean? It's like that classic thing, you know. So Yeah. And then kind of at the end when I'd gone through it all and I was really comfortable with myself, I was sitting back at them Having a really hard time. And I don't mean that in a mean way, you know, like I don't want anyone to have a hard time or, but it kind of made me, it was kind of a bit of justice, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm, it kind mm-hmm. of was just a little bit of like, well, now you know what, how I felt like, you know? So anyway, but yeah, so it was pretty tough. And, you know, but it was also a beautiful thing though, too, because I learned so much about myself and I learned so much about social um, ethics. It made me get out of my comfort zone, you know, because I was going to, you know, sort of women's marches and just not not marches but just things for anyone who have been sort of politically ostracised or downtrodden on, you know, and it sort of it opened a really good mindset for me to wanting to really understand about, you know, apartheid, about, you know, women's rights, men's rights, all sorts of things and it was a good learning thing for me you know so there
0: was a lot of positives yeah that's so amazing to hear and I did feel like at that moment where it looked like you decided to take ownership of the situation and like be open with your relationship um that was a really powerful moment for me in the film I was like that really really stood out to me and despite yeah like how awful it sounds it sounds like you really had some incredibly positive takeaways and um yeah yeah, I feel like you I mean I spoke to Kiala Kennelly on the first episode of this series um and she also faced like similar horrifying ostracism and homophobia from the surf industry when she came out and that was like in the 2000s but it looked like it hadn't changed hadn't been much changed then but now I
1: Sorry to interrupt, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I was just thinking no, probably probably not so much in the surf world. A lot mm. had changed in the world, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. sort of thing. A lot had changed in cities and, you know, like in, in the general population in a sense. Sure, it's mm. not like where it is today, but it had definitely opened up a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was still very homophobic within her sport without a doubt. Yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like you ladies and like Corey Schumacher, who was the first yes, openly absolutely. gay longboard champion, like yes. I feel like you ladies, yeah, really bore the brunt of what was such horrifying homophobia in the industry. And now it looks like when Tyler Wright came <laughs> out and was proudly <laughs> flying the rainbow flag. Indeed. I mean, how, how uh, did that feel? How did that feel for you to see that? That must uh, have been a really, moment,
1: you know? Really mixed emotions in one, in, like, like, a, like I'll go back to this but it was like in one sense I'm like what the fuck are you she just gave a girlfriend a kiss on the lips in front of the camera you know on WSL live channel and I, I just fell off my perch I was like for real like so I was ecstatic obviously going this is awesome this is hot like this is great you know what I mean this is so amazing I'm going oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe what I just thought. I was nearly like, I don't know, hit over the head with a bat, baseball bat. But on the other sense, I was like, oh, God, they've got it so fucking, sorry, for you've got it so easy. You know what I mean? I'm like, you chicks have got it so easy. You're making $100,000 an event now, equal pay, and you can kiss your girlfriend on the lips or your boyfriend for that matter, and it's all cool. Like, Oh, my God. I was a bit of envious, a little bit of jealousy, you know, on top of all that, you know. I was a bit Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I can't believe you guys have all got this in one big basket, you know. It's brilliant. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. good. But, look, I, I still know, you know, there's a lot of bigotry out there still. There's still, you know, behind it all. I know that even... You know, I know that there'll still be gay people out there in sports copying a lot of abuse still, you know, and I reckon there'll be still people in the surf industry that'll be still shaking their heads going, it's wrong, it's wrong. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's just good it's, it, it's definitely got to this point and and that's why I take my hat off to WSL and, you know, just just go, wow. That's what the sport needs. It needs someone to just take it by the horns and go, you know what, this is where we're going, this is our morals, this is what we want to produce, this is what we want to, you know, send the message out to even the young girls or boys that it doesn't matter, don't be scared, you know, everyone's equal, it's fine, you know, and, and, I, and I really, like I said, take my hat off to the WSL and how they've approached it. It's, I think that's been amazing.
0: Yeah, it it really has. And there's been some, like, pretty incredible developments in recent years, right? And, like, if we're looking at, say, which events are on the tour, so, like, having Chopu and Pipeline, um, Chopu, which just happened and was incredible. Um, What was it like for you, like, when those events were added, knowing that the female athletes are really getting to showcase the best of their ability and skills? And, like, for you, with your powerful style of surfing, I could imagine you – Absolutely killing it at those stops, like sure. you know. <laughs> I do. Oh my god! Yes. I know. <laughs> ah, same again.
1: It's the same emotions that keep coming up. You know, it's the same. It's the same formula. It's like, in one hand, I'm so stoked for them, and and also I'm stoked as a fan because I get to watch the best female surfers and the guys in the best waves in the world and they're not compromised as much anymore. There's still a little bit going on, but they're not, you know, like they're in, you know, they go J Bay, they're at Sunset, they're at Chopu, they're at, you know, they're at all these amazing events. And, you know, so I'm I'm happy as a fan, I'm happy for them as a as a fellow pro surfer, and I'm happy and but I'm also envious and slightly Highly jealous, you know, and I do a lot of what ifs, you know. What if we had that? What if, you know, I know for a fact, I, you know, my results would have been different because I excelled in those sorts of conditions. And and then you get to the end of the day, and you go, oh well, Joes who cares about what if? You had a bloody great time, so it doesn't matter. So it all it all comes to a nice place at the end of the day. But you know, we we surfed a lot of really bad. Places in the world because we didn't have internet, so they can't get you know 400,000 or how many people they want to see, particularly watching an event, which you can do now with the internet. They, they relied on you know surfers actually rocking up to a location and putting bums on seats. Like the, the biggest event that I won was the um, Huntington Beach uh, Pro in, in California. And believe it or not, they used to get 110,000 people to that event. I mean, that's you don't even get football grand finals here in Australia. With men's football, that gets that many people. I mean, the fact was they held it on a long weekend in California and a lot of people are coming for other reasons. But that's a one-off event. But most of the other events would go around the world to major cities. And let's face it, major cities, most of them, the conditions there are crap. You know, you're surfing places like Bondi Beach. I don't know if you know about it, but it's just beautiful beach. We all know Bondi, but the surf's ridiculous. A lot of crappy beach breaks and you're relying of a period of, say, seven days to run a whole event. That's trials events for men and women, men's events for men and women, and probably some form of a, you know, specialty thing, you know. And they'd run all that within seven days, so you could see how, once again, why the women were thrown out in those bad situations whenever the wind came in on shores in the afternoon because they had to surf all day, literally from 7 o'clock in the morning until 4 o'clock in the afternoon. There was no breaks when the onshore came in. So, yeah, you know, long story short, you, I do look back and look at it and go it would have been incredible to have seen all of us compete in those sorts of um, sort of locations. But um mm-hmm we didn't and that's just the way it goes but um I'm more happy for them than I am envious, (laughs) because I get to go surf these places by myself now now without having to compete so that's even better
0: (laughs) yes exactly and like I love that footage and actually I did a bit of reading uh in my research but like the footage of you surfing at sunset is so sick and like (laughs) in previous interviews you I think you explained that you go out to hawaii quite regularly to train to practice for months and that obviously showed then like you know when you were like cleaning up at those events like can you tell me about that time in the 80s yeah well
1: you know the, the thing was i didn't sort of go out there a lot and train pre because we didn't have enough money to about afford to do that um not like today we're like say if i was going to pay the Chopin, and i know a lot of the girls did they went out say three weeks earlier and they copped to try to pick up on a couple of swells or you know before the the event happened or they might go say two months before the season in between an event you know just to suss it out but um what I used to do was when it came to the time to go to Hawaii I'd go there say three weeks earlier and just so I'd end up being there like say a month early before the event would start and just I'd live there and I mean I love traveling like that anyway I used to do that in France and you know spend three months of the year in France, three months of the year in, in California because I, I like travelling. Not It was not just the fact we couldn't afford to fly home and back again so we'd have to stay long periods of time overseas, but I also love travelling and meeting locals and hanging out and really getting, enough, getting to know an area. So I didn't mind doing that. So I used to go to Hawaii, say, two to th- two to three, at least three weeks early, and my very first year I went six weeks early. And just put in the hard ground beforehand and train there and just surf every day. Surf big waves. I wouldn't go surf the small stuff. And so just put in that pre effort and then that's what paid the results. And um it's kind of like it's kind of like once you have that that DNA of being able to ride big waves, it kind of stays with you. Kinda like they had the saying like riding a push bike, you know, once you know how to ride a push Mm. bike, you get back on it, you can kind of you can get it. So so, yeah, I, I sort of – a lot of the girls wouldn't do that. Some would. A lot of them wouldn't because they were fearful of big waves so they didn't want to go there. But I was off that belief, well, if you don't go there and practice, you're never going to be good at it. So, yeah, so that's kind of how it happened. And so – and I, and it just sort of – I suppose because I was from Western Australia originally and the surf's extremely powerful, It I just took to like duck to water. You know, I just – it just – it's and as i said in the film i knew if i could make it as a big wave rider in surfing i could make it in surfing because that is that was one of the one things that the guys did give female females credit for if you could ride big waves a lot of all that sexism fell away because they respected big wave riding so much that was a way to their content, you know. or that was a way for them to for them to their approval, you know. So I, I knew that, and I that was just one of my things that I felt that I wanted to do to get that sense of approval.
0: Mm, that makes sense to me. It's like sometimes in like any kind of job, like you want approval yes. from your peers, right? It's mm-hmm. like that kind of corroboration, but um. I feel like they must have given you mad props at the time, especially because, like you said, I I just feel like it's not like today, I think, you know, I'll interview female professional surfers today and, like, you know, there's a lot of girls absolutely killing it out in big waves right now, but you were probably a standalone back then who was actually really charging like that.
1: You know what, I wasn't a standalone uh, because Hawaii, There's you know, there was Lynn boys, Marga, Mm -hmm. you know, this is one thing I always say, You know, we never came first and the people before us weren't the first either, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Before the film and before you see our generation, there was a bunch of girls that were amazing, that charged, that tried to push the boundaries of women that I take my hat off to and say, you know, respect, kudos, everything, I love you, you know, you guys made the pathway for us. And, you know, there's always someone before you that's helped the person, the people going forward in the future and, You know, there was most of the events back in the 70s, if there were any, were very handful of them, were held in good, you know, powerful waves like Hawaii because there was only maybe three or four events and they were held either in Hawaii or maybe I think they had one at Bells Beach or something like that. So, you know, there were some big wave riders but not a lot and not a lot in my generation on the tour of my era, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So there was some prior, but when it came to, say, the 80s and 90s, there was sort of a handful of us that charged and and pushed each other. Pam Byrish was awesome in the big waves. You know, Pauline Mensah came along later and she was another little charger. You know, then you had the crossover years of the yesteryear into the new year, so they were still trying to, you know, make out as if we weren't that good, but we were. You know what I mean? So. Mm. It's sort of. I just think for me, it it was easier for me because I don't know. I I didn't have fear. I've got fear mm-hmm. now, that's for sure. But I just, you know, I just didn't have that fear factor that a lot of people didn't have, so I could adapt mm-hmm. to it a lot easier, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome.
0: I really and I really like what you said about like yeah, the women who came before, and like I'm such a nerd about women's surf history, and there's like these amazing. I feel like there needs to be – well, there are actually some really amazing books out right now, but like almost going like deeper into the past, like those women like sure. Linda, ben- Linda be. Benson and Gerard yeah, Butler yeah, no, and like, be. you know.
1: Honestly, I honestly believe there will be. I think this is this is what's so good about this film. I think this is just the start. This is the gateway mm. to, you know, because as as more women get – I mean, I saw some of the, you know, like Steph and, and the girls when the film was made and they came running up to me going – Oh, my God, I saw the film. They honestly had no idea that that's what it was like. They just thought pro surfing fell out of the sky and there it was. It's been like how it is today forever. And because there was no documentation of it, you couldn't find it. It's hard to find. And I think this has just been a really good awakening and the start of, of good things to come. There's so many amazing stories about the women of the 70s, the 60s, the 50s, you know, all of that. And, and, and like Christopher, the director was saying, I mean, he can't do, th- he can't put everything into a film because it'd be stupid. A film would go for 10 hours. I mean, he had to pick a certain element and then, then present it and make it a really good film. As you know, if you put too much into it, it just gets watered down and you lose. The main idea of what the film's about. So I really do believe this is just the start of a lot of really good things to come for women's mm-hmm. history and the women's future in the sport of surfing.
0: Awesome. Okay. Yeah, I, I've kind of got that feeling too. And, um, yeah, like, like looking at your career post retirement, you've been like, you've continued to be a very powerful force and like standing for equality and doing it with a, no BS style approach, let's say, which I just love. Yeah. And um, I really, in my research, I was really trying to find this piece you wrote for Australia Surfing Life magazine entitled, Don't Think With Your Dick, <laughs> <laughs> but to no avail. Um, do you have it? Like, can I read it somewhere?
1: <laughs> I do.
0: <laughs> Please fire it well. over.
1: I will. I will. I will. I'll get it to you. I, I, promise. <laughs> I promise. It's pretty That's funny awesome. I- you know, it's funny, sometimes I read back on some of my interviews and, you know, some of them I go, oh, Jesus Christ, did I say that? Oh, okay, I might brush, I might, you know. But I do look at, back at some of them and I go, far out, I was doing all right, wasn't I? Where do those words come from? You know, like I'm, I'm like, Geez, I must have been on a good one that day. Like, and, and I think that's what I think I said earlier that, you know, I mean, at the time when I was going through, I was in a really committed relationship, right? Like, And that's the thing that, sorry, I'm jumping from thing to thing, but I'm thinking I was in a 10-year relationship while I was on tour, monogamous relationship with the same partner, female partner, and she was a psychologist and, you know, she really taught me a lot about opening my mind and, um, and just, you know, politically, uh, socially and all that sort of stuff and then, and I'm very grateful, I mean that relationship's finished, but I'm really grateful to that person, what she gave me and and how she made me start thinking for myself and questioning things and questioning why things are the way they are instead of reading it in the newspaper and believing everything that you read and and making making me think why is this or well, how can I change this and not necessarily how can I change it in an aggressive manner. You can be... You can be sort of, you can be all that without being over the top aggressive, you know. Because if you become that, people stop listening, you know. And so that's what I meant to, about before about how um, appreciative I am for my past to where it's got me today, you know. Because it's yeah, it's been it's been a hard, it was a hard row, but it's it's turned out amazing, you know. And I, and I'm and I'm and I'm really stoked for that. And just one other point with that you know, it was interesting that here I am in a 10-year monogamous relationship on tour and then all these girls were so s- scared of me that I was going to prey on them or something like that and I had no interest at all. You know what I mean? Because, but that's ignorance because I had no desire, you know, because I was very happy where I was, you know. So that's, that's mm-hmm. kind of like another lesson too for people to learn.
0: hmm Absolutely. And, um, like since you ladies and since you were on the tour, I mean, you guys were like booting down barriers. Like the there's been major and vital developments, positive developments that have significantly bettered women surfing and from pay parity being introduced, like we mentioned, to yeah. including spots like pipeline. Um, how do you feel like the trajectory of equality for female professional surfers has been? And like what in your eyes is still perhaps to come, or what would you like to see improved? Yeah. Well,
1: firstly, you know I'm going to be super positive, which it's easy to be because you just look at the tour now and you look at, you know, like even free surfing, you go out and there's little kids everywhere. There's girls surfing and they you know, and there's, you know, there's chicks out there from, you know, like four year olds to seventy year olds, even older, out there surfing and just absolutely loving it. And what I love seeing on tour now is just is how the guys and the girls just get on so well. And, they, you know, you even see at the events and they're all talking with each other and, you know, like they've got boyfriend and girlfriends on tour with each other. And that's such a beautiful thing for me to see because it was so the opposite when I was on tour, obviously what I've explained before, you know. And that to me just brings so much happiness to my heart because I just think how beautiful is this? These guys, there's just not even, I mean, you might have personal difference. That's different. You know what I mean? Everyone's going to have a personal difference, whether you're male or female. That's just a fact of life. But the fact that the guys and the girls aren't segregated like an old school hall dance in the 50s where the boys were on one side and the women were on the other and they went over and, you know, asked them for a dance or something, now they're all just mingling together and they're all just, um, you know, hanging out training together looking at each other's equipment swapping you know pros and cons and all that sort of stuff and that's what really enlightens my heart and makes me super happy and the fact that you know girls can go down to the beach now and it's just 50 50 you know like i just came from a place in western australia called Exmouth, and it's just frothing and it's just like so many women out the, the women outnumber the guys you know and, and not that that's a a thing that you strive for but it's just it's so awesome to see just people out there doing it and um it's just so people friendly about it mm-hmm. it's
0: awesome that is awesome yeah it feels like I love it when you I do actually think it's really awesome when you go to spots like because when I I think even when I started learning to surf which is maybe 20 years ago like yeah, yeah it was still very you wouldn't Necessarily see chicks in that many spots. Maybe in like mm, more famous breaks, but like yes. it'd still yes. be, especially in like Southwest England. Sometimes it'd be like, yeah, oh. seeing <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yes.
1: girls. It's so true. And like going back to that question, the other side of it mm-hmm. is where I'm a bit like, you know, I kind of look at okay, what's what? what Do I look into Okay, what still needs some help? And I, I think what I like Pauline Mensah brings this up a few times, and, and I agree with her. It's like, you know, I, I don't want to see the characters die in surfing. You know, I want the sport of surfing to not be white bread. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I want it to be multi grain, fruity, truty bread, fruity, fruity bread. You know what I mean? I want it to be, I want it, I want people to feel comfortable to be whoever they want to be. You know, if you want to wear, uh a bathing suit up your bum and your bum your bums on display, go at it. If you want long hair, blonde hair, which you've got beautiful long blonde hair, by the way. Um yeah, you know, go at it. You know, if you want to have a crew cut, go at it. If you wanna be have a punk style, go at it. You know what I mean? Just I just don't want to see the world of surfing become so like just everyone's the same because if you, if you look the look that you think everyone wants, therefore mm-hmm. you're not going to rock the boat and you're going to get sponsors. And I don't want people to become fearful to, I don't know, just be a little bit more go for it, you know what I mean? Like just be mm-hmm. a bit more outrageous. Not that you have to be outrageous, you know. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying, you know. I just don't want all the girls to think they had come out of the same cookie cutter that they've got to have the same look so therefore they can get a sponsor. And I want the sponsors mm-hmm. to also allow individuals to, you know, be different and challenge the boundaries, push boundaries. Mm-hmm. We've still got a long way to go as 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 humans, you know, as to what we accept in our society and how we accept it. So I want to see some characters out there that that are willing to do that, you know.
0: That's, awesome. That's such a good point. Actually, one of my favorite surfers, like surfers I love to watch right now is a girl from Australia, Jaleesa Vinson. I don't know if you've seen any of her footage, but she's just like, I need to send her over too. She's just like a freaking little renegade. Like she is so far out. Like I just like, I'm obsessed with her. She's Everything she puts out is so weird and so awesome. And I'm like, yes, like this is a chick just like doing it in her own way. Do you know what I mean?
1: But how refreshing is that?
0: Totally you know, refreshing. so
1: refreshing. I mean, you don't want to eat the same sandwich every day, do you? You know what I mean? You don't want <laughs> to the same restaurant every day, do you? It's boring. That's
0: you know, you want to yeah. see refreshing people. Exactly. And I do think that there's, like, a lot of, like, cool variety and diversity coming out in women surfing now. You know, yeah. it's, like, breaking out of, like, the homogenized cookie cutter that I exactly. think was actually – Pretty dominant in like the nineties and two thousands, even two thousand and ten. Like past Absolute, that point I would, too. I'd definitely be pushing two thousand and ten in there for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's some really, there's some definitely some exciting talent like coming out, right? Like I'm just yeah. like I feel like it's an exciting time right now. And you know what else is really exciting is the fact that that the sport is um,
1: getting so dense and so. In so many aspects, you know, whether it's you're an author or a movie maker, or you're, you know, you know you're an editor of a magazine, or you just run a surf shop, or whether you you're doing your own podcast, or whether you're running a hotel, or whether you you're running a service for something for surfing, or I mean, you you know what I mean? Like, it's so awesome now that there's so much variety and there's just so much good stuff going on and so many different little aspects. It's yeah awesome to see
0: totally agree and um this is now my second to last question for you i feel like i could probably ask you another 500 <laughs> but i'll try keep it to two um oh, wow. and i have to i've got to ask you about point break like i said at the all beginning right. i'm like i'm i'm a massive nerd about it and i'm still yep. like in love with laurie petty in that movie she was just right like right the, right. the hottest thing in the 90s like, <laughs> <laughs> Like what was it like being a part of that? And like how does it feel now like the point break legacy is still strong? Like people are still it's obsessed nasty. with it, you know? Everywhere <laughs> I go, it still comes on TV. Like it's everywhere. Yeah. It's 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 so
1: funny. I reckon that must be one of the biggest money making movies in history because it just keeps giving and going and like yeah. But um yeah, that was an awesome time in my life because um I got to discover a part of or I, I got to discover an industry that works completely different to surfing like and it, and it was so such a breath of fresh air it was so open like I went to work on that film I ended up working on it for about a month you know different aspects sometimes I'd work on it for two weeks and then I'd go off on two and they'd fly me back for a week and then they would they'd get me to do something else for another week somewhere else and um to walk into the surfing, uh, sorry, to walk into the film industry, and there was short people, tall people, skinny people, fat people—you know, everything. You know, and everyone worked together, and no one, as long as you were good at what you did, no one cared. And that was a sign to me going. I really wish the surfing industry was like this. You know, there was gay people. There was just—it it was everything. And and that was my first real glimpse of. Of the film industry and I just thought wow this is epic this is great you know and then the second factor was like you know having you know getting the experience to work with you know Patrick Swayze and 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 all that, that gang that were in it they were such cool people and you know and I was just like a pig in shit to be honest like and getting paid for it like and they paid You know, I was like, what, you're going to pay me this money to do this? This is epic. And, you know, Corey was, you know sorry, Laurie was great and, you know, we had to hook up earlier and sort of, you know, meet each other and learn little bits about each other and, you know, stuff. And she was awesome too and and it ended up being really good because, not for her, but she cut her foot when I was working in Hawaii and I'm so I ended up having to do heaps more work than I had than I was normal meant to do because she'd cut a foot and couldn't go in the water. So I was like, yes. <laughs> you know, like, brilliant. And it was really funny because this funny thing happened was so she cut a foot and had it bandaged and was sent we we're in Hawaii on the North Shore, but we're staying in the town in Waikiki at nice hotel there. And so they sent her back with a big bandaged foot, she had to get stitches and stuff like that. And then I stayed on to do all the extra stuff that she was supposed to do, all the stuff and fill in and pretend. And then I went back to the hotel about five hours later and, and I walked in and I looked all the crew that were on the, on the people who carry your bags and stuff, they were looking at me really weird. And like. And then this lady came over and goes, How, what, what happened to your foot? What, why, why, where's the thing that you had on your foot? And so they were, because I was her double, obviously. And so people were getting us muddled up the whole time, thinking that one minute I'm walking across on crutches with a foot, and the next minute I'm walking across <laughs> with nothing on my foot. So they were like, they were like really confused. So, and I was confused too. So, anyway, but anyway, it was a great experience. Absolutely loved it. There were a great bunch of people. And working with Catherine Bigelow, also, who's the most amazing lady, she was. She really wanted to do a good job, so a lot of the time she'd she'd invite me into the to the hotel, her room, and she'd get me to watch the rushes, and just to say, "Hey, you know, how's this sitting? You know, because she didn't want another one of those cowabunga, man, how groovy! You know, one of those movies that kept coming out that was didn't represent surfing very well. It was just so over the top; it was ridiculous, and um, and she would really she really wanted to make a difference and I think that's why that movie today is still watchable and it's still people love it because it's full of action like they did all their stunts they all jumped out of the plane you know they all everything that you see they they did you know even though like Patrick Swayze he had a stunt double but he learned to surf and he ended up becoming a really good surfer within three or four months you know so yeah, I think that's why it's sort of a good film and it was just the best buzz for me. I loved it. It was unreal.
0: Oh my god, your intel has just satiated a massive part of my point break nerdiness. <laughs> like that was just like so many nuggets of like amazing yeah. information. <laughs> and um that leads me to my final question, um, which is what would you ultimately like your legacy to be?
1: Oh my god, hard question.
0: <laughs> um, my legacy mean? is that like, is
1: like, does that mean what's something that I'd want people to think of, think of me when I croak the bucket and
0: I'm, 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 I'm dead? <laughs> yes, I mean, like in, in a crasser way, yes, it's like what you'd like um, to be remembered for, but I like your analogy more actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, one thing I, I would hope people would think that,
1: um, what was my legacy? Um, I, I, that's a tricky one, isn't it? Well, okay, I'm just to cut straight to the chase. I think, I hope my legacy would be that I've helped people make it easier for themselves because of what I went through and what I wanted to change, no matter whether that was, um, you know, being gay or being different or being a female surfer or, and I hope my legacy would be that you know i would instill the energy in people that they can believe in themselves and make a change and make a difference and i and i hope my legacy is that i wasn't too much of a dickhead while i did it
0: <laughs> i feel like for sure you're going to be taking that strong legacy with you and jodie um, it's been such an amazing chat with you thank you so much for no, your time no, um, you too Love talking to you. And guys listening, if you haven't watched Girls' Concert, I highly implore that you uh, get yourselves over to the cinema to check it out because it's unbelievable and you can find out more about Jodie's awesome story there. And thank you so much, Jodie. I hope we get to chat again soon.
1: Me too. Anytime. My pleasure. Take care.